Murray. Timoteo makes a pass across. Fernandez. Oh, the post. Hello and welcome to the CPL Newsroom presented by Volkswagen. I am Christian Jack. For the next hour or so, we will recap week 16 in the Canadian Premier League. And this week above most certainly felt like a defining week in the 2023 CPL season so far. The results, and we'll get into those shortly, Forge 2, Vancouver 0. Sissoko and Passi as two substitutes late in the second half, both with two goals inside three minutes to secure three points in Hamilton for the home team. Vala 0, Pacific 3, Adonijah Reed, Josh Hurd, and Ayman Salouf with the goals there. For the team out west, Atletico Ottawa won. Cavalry nil. An early goal by Sam Salter was enough for another victory at home on home soil in TD Place for Ottawa. York nil. Halifax Wanderers two. Zach Fernandez and Joao Morelli with the goals. We'll get to those matches shortly. And trust me, there is a lot to break down. We begin the show, though, in Hamilton, where today, Monday, July 31st, 2023, Ashton Morgan ended his football career. Ashton was born in downtown Toronto, grew up in the like in the area of Jarvis and Esplanade, idolizing Roberto Carlos, Thierry Henry, Zinedine Zidane, and above all else, his dad, Wayne Morgan, who played for Parkdale and would later coach his son through football and, of course, through life. Ashton had dreams wider than Canada. It would take him to tournaments abroad in England, and in particular, the Nations Cup in France, where he starred as a 12-year-old at the Parc de Prince in Paris. All this came at a time with no professional football infrastructure in Canada. Then came the birth of his hometown team, Toronto FC. And fittingly, in October 2010, he became the first ever academy graduate to make their first team, playing in the CONCACAF Champions League a tournament he would later grow to love quickly and star in eight years later. Few there that night will ever forget his goal, for example, in the semi-final against Club America and his performances in the final versus Chivas Guadalajara. Ashton saw it all in Toronto, and he stuck through it to establish a team that had personalities just like him. Committed, strong, humble, compassionate, winners. MLS Cup champion, MLS Supporters' Shield winner, four-time Canadian champion, CPL 2022 North Star Shield champion, 18 caps for Canada, 24 CONCACAF Champions League appearances. Ashton Morgan did it all with grace, leading by his actions. On Friday night, as the news started to filter out, he granted me his final interview as a player. All right, this is an interesting interview. I'm here with the great Ashton Morgan. Yes, it's Friday night. You may not be watching this on a Friday night because news has come out in a few days. Um, but this is your last ever professional game. And I know not many people know that right now, but we know it. It's raw. You just finished. I've had enough talking. How do you feel? Yeah, it's very surreal. Uh, you know, I'm just happy I got to come on the field, you know, and play for the fans and the club and my family and all my friends, you know, for the... The last time, you know, and it's uh, it's all hitting me now, you know. Uh, 
it's, it's I'm kind of lost for words. You know, it's been a, it's been a hard decision, but it's a beautiful decision for myself and my family and, uh, and everything for my future. And uh, so. you're a beautiful human being, and your dream started so young, playing for your dad and playing all those moments. Yeah. Um, to make it to be a professional player and have this career, uh, I know it's a little bit bittersweet right now, but that's got to be a celebration, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. My dad and I, yeah, we got some cigars laid up and some whiskey ready for us, you know, just to talk about the years and everything, you know. But honestly, it's been great to play for Hamilton for my last my last days and my last years and, and, and win, you know, come to this winning club and, and play for Bobby and, and, you know, be with Bex and Borges and all the guys all over again. You know, it's been, a, it's been an amazing experience and I've been so happy to be here. You obviously brought that winning mentality here to help them and that winning mentality was forged at Toronto FC, you know, a club that's obviously close to your heart and becoming through the academy to get to that, to be that poster child in a way, to lead the way for young players. What well, You'll forever be that first one who did that, my friend. You should be really proud of that. How does no, that make you feel? No, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling, you know, and uh, I'm going to continue to help out as, as much as I can. Everybody has my phone number and knows how to contact me, and I'm, I'm always here for the guys, and, you know, I'm just, again, got to think about everything and uh, go back and uh, enjoy my time. You know? Last one for you. I know yeah. your game, the, the game is over as a player, but the game will forever be in your heart, and you'll carry on. Um, in another job now, how excited are you to stay in the sport, a sport that's been so good to you? Yeah, honestly, it's going to be an amazing experience for myself and be a little bit different on the other side of the field, you know, but uh, I'm up for new challenges and uh, very excited for the opportunity coming. I'm really excited for you, proud of you, covered you from day one. Love you, brother. I love you too. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ashton Morgan, a genuine class act. For more, we go to Hamilton now, where our own Charlie O'Connor Clark is there at Tim Hortons Field on the day that Ashton Morgan said goodbye to football and his teammates as a player, certainly not saying goodbye to football with more coming out later. But Charlie, is it not a measure of the man about how impactful he's been? And you're there now and you see a lot of his teammates talking about this today. Um, just a special, special guy. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Ashton Morgan has always been a guy in Canadian soccer that everybody likes, right? And I think that's maybe that's maybe the best way to describe him is, is he's just one of the most beloved players in this country. For him to have come back to the Canadian Premier League to finish his career on the pitch in, in Hamilton as his organization to win a championship here uh, was pretty special. And I think it was when he first signed in the Canadian Premier League, uh, I think a lot of us were we're thrilled to see him come to this league and, and to have a player, a character like that uh, in this, this community, in this organization. And, and he's really been as advertised the whole way through it. And certainly it's a, uh, you know, a, a, a bittersweet day to see him kind of say goodbye to, to playing and to announce his retirement like this. But again, I think it's, it's only right that he has this moment where we celebrate him and we look back on a, what's been a pretty marvelous career in Canada. Yeah, yeah. so let's do that. Let's look back. October 2010 is when I said it, when he came on that night in the Champions League, make his debut. Um, and not always been easy times at Srons FC when he was there. Thankfully, it did end in, a, in glory for him. Um, but I suppose there's no fitting, more special person that could have made that first jump, right from the academy to the first team than Ashton, um, a person that was a very, very good player from a very early age. And then, you know, as as he's shown others that, the ability to create that kind of pathway at a football club is absolutely essential. And here's the kid, you know, who grew up on Jarvis and Esplanade being that first one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's kind of fitting for him to have been through that you know, experience of building something so early in his career to have come to the CPL at this kind of stage later in his career, where there are other younger players that are 
going through similar things where they'll jump from whether it's it's younger academies or things like that into the professional game for the first time and he's really been one of the pioneers in Canada of that pathway of being able to stay in your home country to stay in your hometown and to to find a professional footballing career and I think that's just been so special to see you know the the career that Ashton managed to to build for himself without having to go abroad right because obviously that is a dream for a lot of players but also it's been very special for him to be able to do that at home and and now for so many other players to be able to do that at home in this league and and I think he has understood how special it is to be able to to mentor those young players just here in Hamilton and, and really across the league and I think it's been it's been you know a, a fantastic kind of full circle moment for him it really has yeah I mean before we get to Friday's game last one for you on on him is I think his journey into the Canadian Premier League you touched on it when he signed here um Kwame Wu was a really good left back for Forge and yeah. it was never going to be an easy person to replace but this almost made sense the moment he's done it he come he comes in what happens he becomes a champion in the first year and he gets to play with his buddy in Cal Becker and those guys are almost inseparable, right? They played together at Trans FC, Daniel Henry, you know, again, all three great guys are really close friends now in the CPL. Um, I guess one last word on the fact that we were able to have Ashton play in the Canadian Premier League. And again, what those young players in, in that locker room where you are today have gotten to learn over the past couple of seasons from a true professional like Ashton Morgan is invaluable. Absolutely. I mean, we even said at the time when he signed uh, that you know, the 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 greatest thing that he was doing in the immediate time when he signed was that Forge were playing in the CONCACAF Champions League. And there are few players in Canadian soccer with more experience and, and greater highs in that competition than Ashton Morgan. And obviously he he fit the bill perfectly for Forge. And then the whole year he was obviously the the very special leader and, and player on the pitch, very talented player on the pitch, we have to say as well, uh, that he was the whole year. And I think it's just been it's been fantastic having him at this league and in this club um, as as a player who genuinely believes in the sport in this country uh, and has been kind of a, a pioneer of it but also on on the pitch he's just been uh, such a tremendous workhorse and 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 just confident player that he kind of helps an entire team not the forge needed confidence but he instills so much calm in a team on the pitch and you can see it there and, and he does that in the locker room as well and he's just you know again a, a player that will have a lasting impact on this club at forge you know even though he's only been here for for just over a year yeah lasting impact is a great way of putting it we 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 love how young this league can be right we love how much we continue to produce players in a league for canadians but what some coaches often tell me is they just need those let those leaders those veterans just to show the way um and ashton's never been a rah-rah guy but as i said earlier his actions will always speak more than that and uh, you can never go wrong uh following that man's footsteps uh, let's turn our attention to friday night which turned out to be his final game he got some minutes and he got three points three valuable points for forge as we play the highlights charlie uh for those watching the game uh the, the, the show on youtube it wasn't easy and again vancouver have provided a difficult challenge for them consistently this season forge and it looked like it was going towards another uh scoreless effort for for the champs out of hamilton but in the end substitutions made a difference uh and they were able to find a way here charlie to get the three points yeah, and, and this was an interesting game, I think. I mean, Ashin Gopi said after the game that he thought that this was Vancouver's best performance of the three they've had against Forge, even though this is the one they didn't get anything out of. Um, but it was uh, Forge maybe a little bit more like the Forge that we've known over the years, where it does take them a while to break down that Vancouver block. They were well-organized. They were very committed to 
to defending, but Forge were patient. They brought fresh legs into the game in the second half. They found a way in, and ultimately the scoreline feels fairly comfortable. And at the end of the day, you feel, oh yeah, of, co- of course, Forge won this game, and, and it makes a lot of sense that it did. But you know, it was uh, a difficult one where they did uh, they did suffer a little bit. They were frustrated at times in the first half, but they sort of stuck to their football. They stuck to their principles, and uh, it's it's maybe a sign of things being on an upward trend in Hamilton after a pretty rough month of June that they're able to stick to it and they find those moments in this game. The ball goes in the net for them and it's three points that they really, really badly needed. Yeah, really happy for Abubakar Suzoko, who's been one of the best players in the league for a couple of months to start the season. Hasn't had that many opportunities lately, a little bit, a little bit of a dip in form, but also a lot of depth. A terrific midfield at the moment with Alessandro Hajabrapour, Noah Jensen, and Kyle Becker, who has been absolutely marvelous. Let's talk about the shape. Becker played a lot on the left. We were watching it really closely together. And again, Alex Ashnodi Jansen, almost that hybrid defender midfield role, John Stone's role, I suppose we should call yeah. it. Um, did it work? And what did you like about it? Yeah, it did work. And I think that there's a lot to uh, there's, there's a lot of different aspects of this kind of box midfield that Forge were playing that are, that are interesting. I know last week we spoke about Alex Janssen stepping into that hybrid role as he did at, at Pacific. And I think that probably is a really interesting way of using both of his skill sets. You know, if we if we we we've done it to death of is he a midfielder, is he a defender? Maybe he's just both and maybe he's both at the same time. And I think that that's been really special. But the way that he's able to step forward in possession and play next to Hajab Rapport allowed, especially in this game, Kyle Becker and Noah Jensen to get forward in that box and maybe maybe spread out a little bit, spread the pitch and, and find those channels that they wanted to run in. And, and Kyle Becker in particular, who's playing at, at 32 years old, some of his best football I've ever seen him play. He's, uh, I, for my money, I think the best player in the league right now. Uh, on form and he was absolutely tremendous in this game in particular really running the show and and obviously Tristan Borges comes into this game off the bench I think just about 20 minutes in but those two have a pretty impressive chemistry where Becker kind of overlaps on the left side he comes to the left touchline and he is playing Borges in but he was really running the show for Borges he often does Becker was was immense, absolutely terrific to watch. Um, with more on this, let's go back to Friday night at Tim Hortons Field. Here's coach Bobby Smirniotis on the tactical versatility and the aforementioned Alex Johnson. To be honest, the box is something we use with different players. We haven't used it with one of the center backs stepping up, something we've we've tinkered with. Uh, and when you have a player like, uh, like Janssen who... Uh, let's face it, he's an excellent midfielder who's playing as a defender and was the defender of the year last year. So you can see where that gets a little murky sometimes. Um, being able to use his best qualities uh, and that gives us an ability to keep Becker higher up the field uh, where traditionally sometimes he drops a little bit lower, gets on the ball lower areas and just trying to give a different look to the way uh, to the way we attack. Uh, that keeps uh, more natural wingers on the pitch and in, in wide areas as opposed to pushing outside backs. And it just gives us another dimension to add another player in into zones where we can create more numbers up. As usual, pretty fascinating answer from Bobby. And I can tell you those wide players were wide, hugging the touchline at at times, which was fascinating. Okay, let's talk Vancouver briefly here. Um, Not too much time left, but they, as you mentioned, they were performing well again for the third time against Forge. And look, we know sometimes it's almost like a TV show of survival. Who's staying, who's going with this club at the moment. They're still trying to find their identity. Uh, Some people are coming in, some people moving out, but they are showing signs of having core foundational pieces, Charlie. 
Yeah, I think they are, and and that's it's becoming clearer which players Ashin Gopi is able to trust in this system and what they want to do. Um, there's a lot more experience in the side now than obviously there was a few months ago with just guys like Alejandro Diaz and Renan Garcia and even Mickey Kentav coming in. And you saw moments in this game where you could see things getting a little closer coming together. I think at the start of the second half, they really had a few chances and, and a few opportunities where... Uh, they kind of had Forge on the ropes for maybe 10 minutes or so where the score was still nil-nil and it felt like you know, they'd gotten to halftime scoreless and that was probably the plan all along and then they'd maybe open up a little bit in the second half. And it really is just kind of five minutes total in this game that that really doomed them because it's those two goals from substitutes really quickly in a row. But other than that, it was an impressive commitment to that defensive shape that they played. They were looking you know, quite deliberately to find certain kinds of counterattacks with with Kentav in particular and Gabby Batar maybe dropping under Alejandro Diaz at times. But uh, again, I think it, it, there are foundations in place with this Vancouver team. And, and I think 2-0 may be a little bit harsh on them because I, I do think that they you know showed some some real resilience and grit in this game as well. Yeah, if they can get Batar, Kentav and Diaz playing as a front three for the rest of the season, then they'll continue to pick up points quite handily uh, and maybe get off that bottom of that table uh, and push Bala as well. Um, with more on this, let's hear from their head coach. Here is Ashwin Gopi. Obviously in the first half, we were very defensively, very uh, uh, organized and very compact and we didn't give much away. And then we had our one fantastic chance that we could have maybe scored. In the second half, I thought uh, we started a little bit not as good as I wanted, but uh, we came into the second half and had some wonderful chances to score. So um, the turning point was really that one minute where we took two goals. Uh, the first one, I think defensively, we just felt um, opened up and didn't close the ball down the way we should. And then at that moment, I think the heads went down and we took an, another goal. Uh, but I'm proud of the, the performance. I'm proud of our players. I think we are growing to become a very uh, exciting team and a team that can attack, that can create chances, that can control the game, control uh, uh, the tempo and, and create uh, chances to score goals. Uh, and, I, and I'm again, uh, Forge has that quality that uh, if you if you just uh, for one second uh, lose uh, concentration, then they can punish you. So it's very well said, no, no, no doubt about it. Very well said in terms of what he was able to do. That all right, Charlie? You and I were there on Sunday as well uh, for Halifax in York, and that was a tremendous game of football. If you're a Halifax Wanderers fan, and they've been waiting all season long for their first away win. They were the last team to do it. They continue to tick boxes. Um, but this was a very, very impressive away performance by the Wanderers and Patrice Geyser's side. It was. And Patrice said after the game that this is the performance and the result that they've been looking for since he said February 1st. So the beginning of preseason uh, when this all started. This was a, an impressive performance from Halifax, not only to come at York and, and attack them on the counters as they wanted to and to control the ball at times, especially in the second half. I thought Halifax were really, really strong in possession to hold on to it and really see out this game, but to roll with the punches at times in this game. I mean, we'll we'll get to kind of some specific performances, I, I'm sure, in a second, but you know, to have Teo Kalam come off in the first half with that that head injury and, and obviously hopefully hopefully he's all right and, and Jonathan Grant's all right as well. But for Joao Morelli to come into the game at that point, which he certainly was not expecting to in the first half, or for him to come off the bench and, and play maybe a different role even than he'd been briefed for in training and to have such an impact and for Halifax to be able to roll without punches and, and be resilient in this game and find a way to win in the second half is 
just tremendous because I think that this is a, a Halifax team that continues to grow. And this is a performance that they hadn't really shown us away from home yet. And, and I think that this was another one of those building blocks that they're, they're really just stacking up by the day, it seems. They are. Uh, they're an impressive team. Uh, technically, they're very impressive. They look a lot fitter. And they've got the belief, which is what every coach wants. And they've got some grit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're ready for a fight. And this was a bit of a fight. This they really was got a, fist- a real fight at the end. This was actually a fight at the end. Yeah, Bill <laughs> Dissimo with his two-footed challenge gets a three-game three, three suspension. Um, this Halifax team are, clo- are slowly defining into being a real contender. Last nine games in the CPL, Halifax 19 points, Cavalry 18, Atletico Ottawa 16, Pacific 14, Forge 13, York 11, Valor and, and Vancouver down seven and six. So nine games, they've been the best team. That's... Mm-hmm. Two months, uh, Charlie. Uh, so let's hear from Patrice Geyser after this one in particular, after a big win for him, his first away win as the Halifax boss. I felt um, we were in search of this game since February 1st. You know, a game that we, yeah, sure, they're, gonna, they're an excellent team with really high-end players. They're going to get chances, but most of the time we were in control of the game. So for that, I'm really proud of the group. We've talked about 60, 45, 80. We haven't got the 90. So that was as close as we could get against one of the, in my opinion, the best attacking team there is in the league with the individual players they have. It was almost a complete performance, Charlie. You talked about that in your written analysis afterwards. So out of the players, who, who did impress you? And you could probably name all, all the players that played, but who stood out? You can, you can definitely name them all. Um, I'll... I'll get to Morelli in a sec, but I want to start by shouting out Lorenzo Caligari, who once again is just quietly one of the most composed and, and reliable and dependable midfielders in this entire league. I think he was he was something in the high 90s in pass accuracy again. I think he had like 75 of them that he hit. He again is a player that is able to set the tempo. When Halifax wanted to play fast, he was able to play fast on the break. When they wanted to hold on to the ball a little bit in the second half, maybe slow things down, take some of the wind out of York sales, he's the guy that's dictating that play. Uh, so he's just a, a, a tremendous ball mover, a tremendous kind of pace setter in that in that uh, that midfield. But uh, John Morelli, man, <laughs> he's, he's back. He's back. He's so back. And on the pitch where he scored his last goal that uh, we'll, we'll hear from him later, but a goal that he thought was going to be his last ever. Uh, he comes back into this game and plays a very, very significant role, scores that goal, maybe score, could have scored a couple others. I think Patrice also said that he feels like the Joao Morelli of a couple of weeks from now would have scored a hat trick in this game mm-hmm. as he continues to, to build up his fitness, which you know he'll be brutally honest, isn't fully there yet. He's not quite... He's definitely not 90 minutes fit yet. And I think he'd probably say that he played 60 minutes. He probably wasn't 60 minutes fit, but he was, he was tremendous. And I think if anybody forgot what kind of player he is and how talented he is and how much fun he is on the counterattack, I think they were certainly reminded in this game. Yeah, this is what football is all about for me is these kind of stories. We talked about Ashton and a different kind of story and a different kind of ending. And, and Zhao, we'll talk a little bit more about in terms of the fact that many of us, including himself, thought this day would never come. 
right? Not only in the Canadian Premier League, but as a professional footballer, a professional athlete ever again. He, his days were numbered and he, in his mind, he thought it was very difficult to come back uh, mentally, physically from all of that. And to see that um, is very special. Um, stay with us at the end of the show. You'll hear from Joe Morelli as he talks about that with me. Um, before I let you go, Charlie, and talk to some more people about the great Ashton Morgan, one person I want to ask you more about is Daniil Henry. We're going to hear from him shortly with you, but your overall impressions of seeing him, I'll just say this. What a presence. Mm-hmm. There was so many, so much going on at York Lions Stadium on Saturday, on Sunday. Double headers, academy players out there, kids running around, mascots. And this guy was walking around like a king. And you know what? He deserves it. Everywhere he went, people wanted to talk to him, selfies, autographs. He was giving motivational speeches to the kids' games afterwards. Um, and that's what we want in this league. Yes, as again, young players come to the league to learn, but to have Daniil come and already start educating people and start telling them about his career, you could see what it meant to him, the love he deserved, and that's certainly what I took away from the pitch as well as obviously a very good performance on it. Absolutely. Uh, I know Daniil himself has been overwhelmed with the reaction he's gotten, especially in Halifax from from the fans there once he's arrived there. And he's been just so impressed with everything and so happy to join that Halifax team. But it's just it's amazing what he brings to the table in that very, very young squad, especially that very young back line. Uh, there was a moment late in this game when he's on the pitch where <laughs> there's there's that kind of scrum after after the Baldissimo tackle and the red card, and Daniil finds his way right to the middle of it, and it was like watching one of those Canada World Cup qualifiers again, where Daniil always finds his way into the middle, uh, and he's always kind of the one that's that's sorting people out. He's pushing certain teammates away to make sure they don't do anything dumb. He's the one that'll that'll speak to the younger players, and and he'll sort people out. And it's just just you remember, you know who he is in Canadian soccer and, and why he's he's been so beloved. And it's just been special to see him bring that to Halifax and bring that to the that young group. And I think there's so much that those players are going to to learn from him. And I think that it'll, it'll just be upwards from here in Halifax. Yeah, he deserves all the love he gets. Uh, an absolute class act. And uh, we wish him all the best with his health as well. Uh, Charlie, we'll let you go and continue to file your story from Hamilton that will be available later on all CPL socials as well. Enjoy talking more to Ashton and everybody else. We'll see you later on. Um, with Daniil Henry, though, Charlie did get a chance to catch up with him after the game. And Daniil Henry is a special man. Let's hear from him after this one, after Halifax Wanderers secure all their, three, their first three points away from home this season. Charlie O'Connor-Clark alongside Daniil Henry after the Halifax Wanderers beat York United 2-0. Post-game reaction here presented by Allstate. Daniil, tell me about just that winning feeling. You guys have won two on a bounce since you've been there. It's got to be a pretty good feeling right now. Yeah, definitely. It shows you the character of this team. Um, we work really hard. Um, we believe in everything that our coach tells us. We, we, we've had a great week of training. and um, This one means a lot because I think this is our first win on the road. That's right. Um, now two wins in a row and two clean sheets in a row. Um, we continue to build the momentum, we climb up the charts, and no, this team is amazing. This team is special. Um, it's a real brotherhood, and uh, we just got to continue step, step by step here. Tell me about coming into that brotherhood here. You've only been here a couple of weeks, but it feels like you're everybody's best friend already. Tell me about what it's been like coming to Halifax, getting involved with this team, and really getting your, your hands stuck in. Yeah, um, uh, I knew um, right from my talk to Patrice that this is a team that I wanted to play for. He told me it's a great group of guys. Um, they've welcomed me right away. Um, I have the respect because... I came with the right mentality right away. Um, but what can I can say about this test? Uh, this group of players is they're willing to learn, they're willing to fight for each other, and, and it showed today. Um, 
another clean sheet, but it was uh, it was a tough game at certain spells. Like you know, York did come with a little bit, and um, we just know that we can't get ahead of ourselves. Um, we prepare well, we rest well, and then we look forward to our next game. You're able to get on the pitch for a little bit longer today. Maybe get a little bit more involved than you were last week. Tell me about how you feel, you know, fitness-wise, being able to get involved and get a little bit of a taste of the level here. Um, I've been I was really honest. I was brutally honest with Patrice, and um, he told me he's no he's no worries. Um, he's willing to build me up to perfect fitness. Um, getting into each game every time I get to play is just what I can do to help. Um, the two center backs right now are young, strong, courageous, and they're doing really well. I give them tips, they learn, they feed off of me, and they know that once I head in, we're cleaning up shop and we're cleaning up. So, no, I'm still building my fitness up. Um, and from what I've done, it was slowly and surely, I, I'm not going to break down. We saw you get stuck in right in the middle of it at the end there. <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of a testy moment at the end. Just uh, tell me about you know what you can bring as an experienced guy to those sorts of moments. Yeah, it's not experience. It just knows right or wrong. I'm going to support my teammates. Um, it's a bad tackle. He knows it. Um, it's just more that nobody gets hurt, you know. We work really hard to play this game, and it's not good that the young peers and everybody else can see it. So just to break up everybody and to know that, come on, we have to be smarter than that. Finally, you guys back home next weekend. Holiday Monday is always a special one in Halifax. How excited are you guys to bring this one home and, and go out and put another one on the board? I'm so excited to be back in front of our home supporters. Um, they welcomed me amazingly. I've never, I've never felt and had a reception like that at any time in my life, so um, I owe them everything and I play hard to get to my perfect fitness for those fans. The supporters of Halifax are amazing. Daniil Henry of the Halifax Wanderers who beat York United 2-0 today. Thanks, Daniil. Thank you. Cheers. Congratulations to Daniil and, of course, the Halifax Wanderers on a well-earned three points. What are the other team? York United, before the start of the weekend, were just three points off the top. Yet now, suddenly, only two wins in eight and no goals at all in their last three games at home. A little bit concerning. Uh, here are the thoughts after this one at York Line Stadium. Here's their head coach, Martin Nash. We had moments in the first half where we, we, we hurt them and we did some okay things. We we lost our shape a lot. Um, and it was not how we trained to defend. And then, uh, you know, we, were, we just didn't seem to be connected for, for whatever reason I'll look back at it we fixed it at, uh, for the second half um, but it's tough to give a goal away you know in the injury time of the first half um, you're hoping as a coach that you can seal the half and you know make the adjustments um, but cracking goal you know 35 yards out off the post is just one of them you, you know tip your hat to the kid it was a great strike couple of health updates. We talked about it earlier in the show. Brem Smara went off, uh, wasn't feeling great. Um, so that was an illness thing. Uh, Jonathan Grant and Theo Colon, both head collisions. It looked very, very scary. And the game took a while to get back. Uh, thankfully, sp speaking to Theo at the game, he just had some stitches that he had to get taken care of at the hospital. Jonathan Grant did have to go into the ambulance. Um, texted him back and forth today. He tells me he is feeling a lot better than he was yesterday. So it's just some updates there. As for the player update, um, here's from York United's midfielder, Elijah Adekubi, after their 2-0 loss. Obviously, the result was what it was. But in terms of the performance, I think collectively, we probably were not our best in terms of the moments to retain the ball. I think we let them have too much momentum, too much control of the game. Um, in terms of chances created, I don't think we were clinical enough. And I think we could have created better chances. Like When I look back and reflect on the game, I think they probably had or created the better chances, had a little bit more of the ball. And I think at home... That's that's on us to be better in those departments, and I think fortunately we have to take responsibility for that. Same with me, I played in the midfield, um, wasn't quite good enough today. 
York United's next match next Saturday at Atletico Ottawa, a place they've never lost. So we'll see whether they can turn it around on the road, where away from home, they've been outstanding this season already with five away victories. A reminder, you can still play CPL Predictor Weekly, brought to you by our friends, of course, at Tony Bet campl.ca backslash predictor where you choose the correct scores and you could win $20,000 tickets to games. It's all there on the site from Ontario. Now we head to Manitoba and a Saturday's doubleheader began in Winnipeg where we bring in our own Alex Gangu Ruzik who covered this game for us. Valor against Pacific AGR. Great to see you Pacific entered the match five games without a win, but with a really good record against Valor in the past and that wide open pitch at IG field it looked like they got back to their best, as you wrote in your analysis. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, it's a, well, great to have you back as well, KJ. And certainly Pacific were back in this game. Um, I mean, they, they looked kind of their, their best um, after a bit of a, a, just a slump, especially defensively. We saw them, them struggling in, in recent games and scoring goals. And they were just, uh, you know, they, they were dominant, really, in that first half. Uh, they should have had more. They did get a bit fortunate, perhaps, not to end the half with a bit of a red card, but that's a whole other story. And then from there, uh, you know, they finished with a bit of an offensive outburst and more frustration for Valor. Certainly three straight losses at home, uh, you know, tough performance for from that. But certainly it was a compelling game and uh, uh, certainly one where, you know, probably a, a six or seven out of ten on the rating scale. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, too. It's a league of streaks, right? AGR, I mean, we've already seen this year that Forge had a five-game winless run already this season. Cavalry have had one as well. Pacific have had theirs now. The key is, is during that run, is it just down to the outcomes and sometimes are you still playing well? I know you've watched this team really closely. James Merriman was saying they still felt attacking-wise they were creating enough chances. That was evident in this game, even when the results weren't going their way. You think about that crazy game against Forge, the Manny Aparicio missed penalty. There's lots of things that have gone on over the last few weeks. Um, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised with their attacking output and the fact that Salouf was rested and then brought on when Valor were getting tired. That almost seemed like a bit of a tactical masterclass for Merriman. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice luxury when it's a 1-0 game and you're kind of tiring the opponent out and you look down the bench and you got a, an MVP candidate, really. That's, there's no other way to put it based on how he's been playing this year. And I think it, it was just, yeah, fascinating to see for Pacific because, as we mentioned, they've been creating chances and I think look that's the game right sometimes it's not going to go in for you if you're creating chances it will always regress to the mean in that regard really I think for me the bigger issue during their slump was their defense so the Mm -hmm. fact that they kept a clean sheet and got the win is a huge bonus they only allowed like 0.28 xg as well like it was a very commanding no nonsense lockdown performance Uh, I think that 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 was huge and I I think yeah for 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 Pacific as well uh, they just look confident they looked they had swagger Another thing that really stood out to me was just that they're playing at Valor, right? The wide pitch. You hear so much about how Valor takes advantage. You'd almost, if you watch the game as a neutral, you'd think Pacific was the home team, the way they were stretching the field, playing out wide. And that's for me why I think Salouf's insertion worked. It didn't just work because he was running in, uh, you know, coming off the bench and bringing his fresh legs, but he was going up against some tired Valor legs with the way Pacific were passing the ball around, really resting in possession, which, which was something that Merriman kind of mentioned after the game, which was a bit fascinating uh, to see from him. Yeah, definitely. We'll get to Valor shortly. Uh, final one on Pacific, uh, almost a complete team performance, as we said about Halifax as well on Sunday, but uh, individuals who caught your eye for them? Yeah, there's a few. I think for, for me, my player of the match actually ended up being a fullback. I think Kunle Dadaluk had one of his best games uh, this season. Uh, you know, he maybe hasn't been as 
dynamic as we've seen over the past years, but he's really matured a lot over the course of the season. I think he kind of had one of these performances where he showed his maturity, but also he, he got to show some of those flashes we saw last year where he's getting the run. We saw it on the assist. He always loves to, to get in the space, um, but he also he was, he was very good defensively. It was good to see. I think Josh Hurd as well had another solid uh, performance. He obviously ended up claiming the insurance um, marker there. He was just getting in dangerous areas, and I thought he was kind of been Pacific's bright light over their, their slump and the fact that he was kind of, you know, leading them on as a captain in there, the, the kind of game to break it uh, was also key. And really just that front line, I thought Garo um, got into some good pockets and, and, and created the goal, of course. Maybe could have, if it wasn't for a super save from Ryan Yesley, maybe he has one of his own. Adonijah Reed just gets in good pockets. Like, I think it was a good game from the, the front three, and kind of of the back, it was a very good team performance, so it's hard to highlight individuals, but Dadaluk was one that, that stood out for me in that regard. Yeah, all really good names. I mentioned in the broadcast when I did the game that I felt Easton Ongaro hasn't got his goals this year, but I do feel like his overall play has been very good. Um, and it's obviously a player that you judge numbers strictly on. I understand that, but I think his hold-up play, and, and it was very evident, as you mentioned again, that he's um, he's been heavily involved in that, that that terrific assist for Reed's goal, and Reed's another bright spot um, was, was excellent. Okay, what a valor that has been far from excellent um it's been a dismal couple of weeks let's be honest now out in winnipeg before we get your take on this and what you wrote in your great analysis piece on campia.ca let's go back and get some reaction from ig field here's their head coach philip de santos you know when the team gets to a point where you're not winning and and things are not going your way these things tend to happen uh i i felt that our legs um weren't going the the, the 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 mind wanted to but there's just games like that and in football you know it's it's about reacting to these moments and as a staff um, as a group we need to uh, hit the ground working very fast and trying to f- try to find solutions AJR, you and I spent some time with Philip last week and he seemed pretty realistic and he talked about how difficult it was to break teams down through the middle um, they're not getting the goals and now suddenly the pressure's on the defense and they're starting to give up goals as well at the back. So it is a bit of that kind of perfect storm in terms of what looks like a really difficult team lacking confidence at the moment. What did you see from them? Yeah, I think the, the confidence is a big one because this is a must. This was a must win game. You're at home. You haven't won back to back in home games. It was like we said, first time since September of 2021 uh, that they had done that. You expect them to come out strong, right? Especially last game against York. You're down 2-0 after 10 minutes. It's always going to be hard to get something out of the game. And I think for me, it was the surprise. And, you know, Phil mentioned it after the game. Losing 50-50, sloppy. The goal that Pacific scored was a turnover. It was a, it was a header rate to, to Pacific. Three passes later, it's in your net. And I think for, for Valor right now, there's just too much of that. It's too much of these moments where they're not, you know, starting slow has been a huge one. Uh, I think I mentioned over this five-game slump, they've conceded the first goal within the first 30 minutes of games three times. They haven't won either of those games. It's for a team that's struggling scoring, you have to be so perfect. And I think we're maybe seeing some of that confidence go away, some of that them lacking the the 50-50s. And uh, it's just put too much pressure on the defense, and it's put too much pressure on the attack. And we've kind of just seen a crumbling at, at both ends. And I think for them going forward, it's going to be huge just to find that stability because they were so good defensively and it was giving them a shot. And right now they're not even giving themselves a shot. And it's led to this moment where you're, you're winless in five. They've lost three straight at home for the first time since summer of 2019. I went all the way back and, and, and found out. So it's something where, yeah, they have huge questions to, to ask. This was always a team 
under DeSantis is dominant at home. That would, you know, at least start well and be frustrating. And we haven't seen any of that uh, in, in recent matches. Yeah, let's talk about going forward. Then last one for you. I think Valor fans would admit that they knew when the season started with a lot of changes that they were not going to be contending for the top spot of winning the regular season CPL title. But when the Canadian Premier League announced the changes to the format and they said five teams are going to get in this year, Valor were very good at the end of last season, almost ready to run to get in the fourth spot. And I know there have been changes and it's a different year, a different team. But I think that they were confident in thinking that they had a real chance to get to the playoffs this year. Now they're a long way back and they go to Vancouver this week. That almost becomes an absolute must win, doesn't it, not Alex, if they want to continue any kind of hope and faith for this club? I mean, it feels like that's their season, right? Because especially Vancouver at home, they haven't really, you know, Vancouver's, uh, they've won two at home. Uh, out of eight, like it's something where teams have been able to come in and get results. Valor, if if they lose this game, that's 10 games left and they would be more than eight points away from the playoffs. I think that's their season. You got to keep the gap alive, especially because you play everyone at least once in that last round. So there is an opportunity to make up some ground if it's within five, six, seven points. Um, So yeah, I feel like that's their season because in terms of the schedule makers, Vancouver away is about as you know, favorable as a matchup on paper to, to right. turn it around. Yes, this isn't the same Vancouver team as, you know, five, 10 games ago, but it's still the last place team. It's still a team looking for confidence. You surely, you know, you're, you're going to have to get some sort of confidence out of that for, for Valor. So yeah, I'd say this, that's their season right there. I think if they something where they lose, you could argue that both Vancouver and Valor could very well be out of the race at that stage, which would be un- unfortunate for both of the BFCs. Yeah, absolutely. Enormous game, no doubt. We'll recap that next week on the newsroom, campiel.ca. And of course, One Soccer, continue the great work, AGL. We appreciate you and we'll chat with you next week. Thanks again. Great stuff. Final stop of the show takes us to the nation's capital in Ottawa, where it was a classic athletic performance with a goal early and a fantastic defensive effort to help secure their fifth win at home in a row over Cavalry this time. Mitchell Tierney was there for us. Mitch, thanks for waiting so patiently. And um, patience may be the name of the game as Athletic fans can just see out games in a pretty comfortable way now. Um, overall, before we get to your complete analysis, what was the number out of 10 you would give for this one watching it live? And uh, what did you like about it? I'll go for a 7.5. I know it was only a 1-0, but there was a lot of chances in this game um, after Sam Salter scored that uh, opening goal within the first seven minutes. And yeah, this just seemed like a very important game for for both sides, but I think particularly for Atletico Ottawa as they look to continue to uh, instill TD Place as a fortress and bounce back from a pretty disappointing result against Halifax last week. And uh, they did that, as you mentioned, in the Atletico Ottawa way, um, you know, scoring early and then holding on. Um, and, you know, it was a great atmosphere, a great passion showed by both clubs throughout this match. And, you know, a, a game that um, this is the second time they played this month, making it, you know, very intriguing tactically as to how both sides set up, how, um, you know, Calvary tried to, to break down that low block, how Ottawa remained difficult to play against and, and, you know, ultimately an impactful game for both teams. Fascinating game. I absolutely, I mean, we were doing the game at one soccer and I know you were watching it live as well, but like, there's not been another game like that. And I know people would say Atleti play the same way, but Cavalry had so many chances and I came away thinking they played really well. Like Camargo inside the pocket was tremendous. They created a lot of chances. Um, they did have a lot of free kicks. Maybe they could have been a bit more effective as also gave away a lot of free kicks early. 
I want to talk more about Cavalry. We will give Ottawa their, 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 their due in a second. But with more, let's go back to and get some reaction and some fascinating comments I want to play here from Tommy Wilden Jr. after this one. Yeah, actually, do you know what? I think we give them a chance. We, um, I don't think we can defend better. And we have been defending better, in fairness to the lads. So, you know, then when that happens, we responded well. And I thought probably from 25, 30 minutes onwards, there was only one team trying to play. And, you know, fair play to Ottawa. They enjoy sucking the life out of the game. And we've got to find a solution to, to go on and take the points from here. Okay, you know where I'm going with this. Um, Jose Mourinho was fat, you know, was famous for doing a lot of this before it became uncool. And now in the Pep Guardiola world of control and Klopp and everybody else, sucking the life out of the game and being accused of not wanting to play or saying only one team was playing. Fair or foul from Tommy to Mitchell when you're in the press conference listening to that? Can you see his point of view? Um, a little bit, but... You know, I think overall this is a manager who's probably pretty frustrated with how his team has has gone against uh, Atletico Ottawa. This has really been, you know, their bogey team. And this came after a match where they had, I think, 1.8 expected goals, which is the highest they've had against Ottawa this season, including when they beat them 2-0 back in May. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's a frustrating one because... Um, on the other side of things, a great quote from Carlos Gonzalez. He mentioned that they have a bit of a psychological edge over Calvary. Mm. Now they feel they feel as though they do, and it almost felt like that. Where you know they hit the crossbar, they maybe could have had a penalty in the first half. They have so many other chances. You know, Akio goes either side of um, of Nate Ingham on on a header, and any of those chances, and and they've got their goal, but. Another frustrating match where, yeah, they spent so much time trying to break down Atletico Ottawa. They did on a few occasions, but just that execution there. So uh, I'd say a, a little bit foul and probably, you know, he's hoping the final time he comes to Ottawa, maybe they'll try and play a little bit. But, you know, people have been throwing similar comments at Ottawa since Carlos Gonzalez came in and they, they don't change. They just keep collecting results in, in similar ways. They do not change. And we're going to get to that in a second because I think it's a really, really interesting conversation. With more, though, let's get some more player reaction. Here's Fraser Ed after their narrow 1-0 loss in Ottawa. Yeah, it was a difficult one to swallow. I thought we had a bad 15 minutes first half. And then we came into the game, started playing the way that we know we can, created chances. And second half, I think we left it all out there, you know. Credit to Ottawa, they defended well. We were an inch away hitting the crossbar um, at the end and good header from Willie. Goes other side of the keeper, it's 1-1. And we walk out here with a, I would say, fair result. Um, but yeah, that's football. We don't get too high, we don't get too, too low. Um, we have another massive game next Friday. So we dust ourselves down and we go again. One thing we can guarantee that that match Friday against Forge will not look anything like this one. <laughs> I think we'll have two teams committed with the ball a little bit more. Okay, Mitch, let's get into this. Um, Atletico Water at one point were defending against Cavalry, playing what looked like to be a 3-2-5. They had everybody thrown up front. Uh, they had so many chances. Yet, you know, they bent, but they didn't break. And I want to ask you specifically this. Being inside the stadium... Um, it feels like to me that there's not one fan, and there's a lot of them, who care how they play. Is that fair right now? It's just because it's working. If it wasn't working and, and then won last year, then maybe we could start to think, okay, we all expected a little bit more evolution. But right now, it's become the success of five wins in a row playing that way. And the way they parted afterwards, it didn't look like a fan base that was lured to sleep. No, I don't think it did. And 
to be fair to them, uh, and one thing I've I've been kind of tracking is actually at home, you know, while they've been playing a very similar style uh, in, in terms of defending so much, they're actually creating a ton more chances than they were last year. Uh, they're second in the league in expected goals at home, first in shots on target, third in touches in the box, and, you know, the first and third of those stats, touches in the box and expected goals were something they really, really struggled to put up last season. I really think they were, low you know, last year, yeah. Yeah, towards the lower end. So uh, the fact that they're able to do that, and we saw that for the first 31 minutes in this match where they had, you know, maybe three grade A chances that they built. And then, sure, they can sit back um, and and hold from there. So there are those chances. But at the same time, when you've won five straight at home and um, the connection between the fan base and the players, there, there really does seem to be something special going on there in Ottawa right now. And, you know, this was kind of the missing link. This was a team that, you know, Last year, they were doing so many good things, but they all seem to be happening away from TD Play Stadium. Now, uh, they're, they're putting their best put forward on their home pitch, and you know, that's making it even more special for, for the atmosphere there. And it, it was cool being there. I mean, yeah, the, you know, I've been there for the final, obviously, but going back and seeing that a lot of that atmosphere and, and the connection with the fans has held was, was important and, and, you know, a good look for that club. It's really special, no doubt what what's happening, and and you have to remember to win you you must still score. And the goal that they scored was very good. It was a great yeah. run out of midfield by Noah Verhoeven who created the space. And then Zach Verhoeven again, who's been very good this season, plays a tremendous ball in Salter with the finish. And I thought he was very good. Uh, work rate has improved a lot, and you can see that he's obviously getting a lot more comfortable uh, within that new culture uh, under Carlos Gonzalez. And what a month he, month he's had. Here's some reaction from him after this one. We tried to. Well, to, to show a different face, a different image in from the start, I think that we did a brilliant 31st minutes in which we press high, in which we we impose our, our style, what we ha- we wanted to do in the field today. And uh, it's true that we had and we create situations to, to maybe had a, a bigger score. But uh, as you say, I think that we are creating, uh, as, as we did last season, a great chemistry between between players, the team, and, and, and the fans, I think that here we we feel that extra boost of, of energy, and, and yeah, we are doing great performances here, and and happy for the team because I think that today uh, they did a great job to 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 win the three points. Carlos clearly happy with the first thirty minutes, and it has to be said they've stepped that up. You think about um, over the last few weeks, Saltus won what they, they they won the game one 0 Against Vancouver in June, they won the game 1-0. Salter scored in the first 10 minutes in that game. Antonoro scored in the first minute in Hamilton. Uh, Salter scored after 19 minutes in Pacific. Basic scored early. They got a goal from Acosta against Vancouver in the 12th minute. So they're starting out very well. Um, but again, a, a team performance, Mitch. We keep talking about this as being the trend today on the show. Um, of that team, who stood out for you? Who were some of the players that were, were on show that you really were impressed with for Atletico Ottawa in this game? Yeah, I mean, in any defensive performance like this, the back line in general, I mean, you know, Carl Wimay is a player who's really starting to to fit that system very well and was immense against, you know, a very good cavalry attack. I thought, you know, on the other side, McDonald Neba uh, was excellent against Ali Moosey, had, you know, maybe his best performance as an Atletico Ottawa player. Um, and, you know, this was a team that was kind of tactically, flexible throughout sometimes Nebo would shoot up the side and, and they play with more of a, a five sometimes you know he'd pull back into a four and the importance in that is having a guy like Alberto Zapater who can really direct traffic and I think we saw in this game just how important he is um, when they're defending for so long um, 
how important it is to have a guy in there holding and organizing and and making sure that everyone's in the right spot and maybe they didn't have that throughout the the season in earlier parts so i think he's a big one and then um up front uh verhoven and especially sam salter i mean you know this he, he showed up in so many different areas, you know, running down balls. Um, obviously his goal was, was excellent. So I really like how he's starting to play there and starting to learn um, how to play in this Atletico Ottawa system and get the best out of Sam Salter as Atletico Ottawa kind of getting the best out of um, using him. Yeah. And the depth there as well, right. They made like five changes to the team from the week mm-hmm. before. And then, you know, he got it right again for Carlos Gonzalez. And you know what else, Mitch? The standings are absolutely beautiful for those of us who don't care who wins uh, because all we want is great storylines and, and, and tight races. And right now, it doesn't get much better than this. Pacific back to the top after one week away, after leading it for eight weeks prior, 29 points from 17. Forge played one more game and have the same points at 29 points. Uh, Cavalry are two back after their loss, but have 17 games played as well at 27 points in third. Don't look now. Here come the Halifax Wanderers, the best team in the Canadian Premier League for nine weeks, and they've moved up to fourth on 25 and are only four points off the top against the team who they play next week. Atletico Ottawa are into the playoff spot in fifth, just overtaking York United, and they also have a game in hand there. So York, who could have gone top this weekend, are now sixth. That's right. That's how close the CPL standings are. York, 24 points from 18 on six and starting to slip away uh, probably the eliminator derby next week we'll call it Valor and Vancouver uh, Valor on 16 Vancouver on 13 the team that doesn't win next week and it might be both um, I think we can probably say goodbye to their chances talking of next week uh, let's have a look at the schedule and you know what next week is four days we have four games. That's right. One game on each day. Cavalry at four against Forge in Calgary on Friday night at seven o'clock Mountain Time on Saturday, seven o'clock Saturday night again in Ottawa against York United. And York have never lost there, as I mentioned earlier. Sunday afternoon in Vancouver as Vancouver take on Valor. And on Monday, the holiday game, Halifax against Pacific at three o'clock Atlantic Time. Special times, no doubt about it. Mitch, uh, final word to you on the schedule. What keeps your. Uh, what's got you on your other radar there what's what are you looking ahead to next week some of the storylines well i think it's just how close everything is in all of these matchups i think four points separate pacific and halifax and that's the biggest difference in points between clubs playing this week i mean you've got what fifth versus sixth, second versus third uh seventh versus eighth like there, there's so many matches that are very close in the table and obviously we'll We'll start to build up some gaps and, and are important as we start to get into all of these different races that will come down um, the, the stretch in this new playoff format. So that's what I'm really excited about is just how close all of these clubs are now and how big these games are as a result. We, of course, will recap it next week on the CPL Newsroom presented by Volkswagen. Doesn't get much better than this. Mitch, again, great job this weekend. Glad you enjoyed the nation's capital. Of course, read Mitchell's great work at campl.ca and we'll chat with you next week. We end the show the way we started it talking about passion and personalities. Ashton Morgan had his career because of patience, perseverance, and those things are much more the reason was why Joe Morelli is now back with us in the Canadian Premier League. The 2021 Player of the Year had a triumphant return on Sunday at York Lions Stadium, and I had the pleasure of catching up with him after this. Thanks to Jiao for his honesty in this interview. Thanks to everybody for participating in this show and for watching. Good luck to Jiao for the rest of the season, and of course to Ashton Morgan on a fantastic post-career as well. Thanks for watching, and we'll leave you with Jiao Morelli with myself on Sunday. 
Christian Jack with Gian Morelli after a Halifax Wanderers 2-0 win here at York Lions Stadium against York United. Post-game reaction brought to you by Allstate. It's been 479 days since you and I did this interview here. Yeah. The last time you scored a goal yeah. in the CPL. Yeah. Um, we know about the story, the ACL, back to Brazil, becoming a father, all the recovery. Tell me how you're feeling. I mean, I'm feeling great. Uh, it's crazy. I told the boys before, I was like, this is where I scored my last goal. And... Uh, you see, like some things happen, and unfortunately, it was like because of an injury. But like, I, I, I got the opportunity to, co to come on first half. I was asking the coaches, like, I'm ready, I'm yeah. ready, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's been a long journey, man, but I'm really happy. Uh, I feel like crying, man. It's, it was really hard. Yep. Yeah. We know, man. Yeah. We know. We know what you've been through, right? Like, ultimately, all the sacrifice to get here. Yeah. I thought I was gonna stop. Uh, not gonna lie. My wife and kids supported me a lot, man. Uh, it's great. It's great to be back. What was that feeling like when the ball went in? It's crazy. I couldn't even... I, I had to check again when I started running. Because <laughs> uh, it's just unbelievable. I didn't know what to do. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm, uh, it was a mix of emotions. Uh, I started thinking of my son, my wife, and my family back home. And um, yeah, it's just unbelievable. You said you genuinely didn't know this was going to happen again, yeah. right? There was chance. I'm sure there was moments there on the treatment table where you thought this was this was over for you. Yeah, um, first four or five months after the surgery, I thought I was I, I really couldn't co come back to this. But then suddenly I started feeling like good again. And uh, honestly, I don't even think of my knee again. Like you know, I'm just playing loose. It's it's good. Like it's it, it feels like I never had it. So. Yeah, but it's unbelievable to think that I'm here again. It really is. You are our best player in our league in 2021. We're so bad for you. What about this team? You've come back to a better team now, a team that is in the playoff hunt yeah. now already. Yeah. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. You're winning against the first game they've won away from home. You've been terrific yeah. at home. What's it like coming into this new environment with these, some of these new teammates? Um, yes, yeah, since I was watching in, uh, at home, I've, I've even not getting the wins, uh, I saw that the, the quality was there. Um, we got some unbelievable players. I mean, like I played, I played with good players before, but you see, like Lorenzo is playing, like it's yeah. nothing. It's effortless. Yeah. Aiden, Daniels, um, a lot of a lot of players are good, man. Like it, it feels good to play in a good team. And Coach Patrick still, like he's passionate about the game, and like he's he's we call it, yesterday he said like guys, am I crazy? And we we're like, yeah, you're crazy because he loves it so much. Yeah. But like he's statically so perfectionist and it's good to have something like that. You mentioned it, love, love and passion. And that's what got you here. I'm so proud of you. As I said, 15 months to get to this point to, to get another goal. Yeah. Well done, my man. Thank you. Proud Thank you. you. Happy Thank to you. see you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.